Welcome to Life Point with your host, Pastor Tom Doherty. Hi, folks. Thank you for joining me again today. And as you know, this uh, this week I'm going to be spending time with Pastor Max, our youth pastor. He's in the studio with me to discuss scripture and discuss uh, a message. And we're talking about wisdom. And this is our our actually the fifth day that I've talked about wisdom. But uh, I'm glad you've joined us. Our Heavenly Father, be with our people today. Open our hearts, open our minds. Thank you for Pastor Max. Bless him, lead him, take care of his family. And God, just uh, watch over all of us as we pursue your will for our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, Max, as we're going to move on a little bit today, as we talked about, and we're going to talk a little bit more about this, but how we need each other, how the church family needs each other. Friendship's important. We're going to get more into friendship but how in your and I's life, both of us have had some tragic situations and how uh, people were there for us, which we're grateful for. And I'll be referring again to my situation uh, in, this, in this today. But, uh, but as we look for wisdom, we see all over the Bible how God used people to help give life to people and walk alongside people. So folks, I'm, we want to tell you today to take time to build friendships. It is good to have great friendships and always use discretion in friendships and getting close to people. What I mean that, sometimes people step in the way of family members. Sometimes people stand step in the way of marriages. They don't know they're doing it, but they're doing it. So we got to use discretion uh, to be a part of that. But always seek God's wisdom and direction with families and relationships because no one wants to give Satan a foothold and cause any kind of wedge within families. We need our family strong, but we can come alongside. So what is a friend? A friend is someone who's walking in when everyone else is walking out. And I think we've all had that, people that have walked out of our lives. And sometimes in the most tough, toughest of moments, we need people. We need people uh, to run to us, not from us. I've had lonely moments in my life when I felt no one was there and felt I was on an island and nowhere to turn to. I felt like I was all alone. And many of you have had those moments too. Even after our son died, some didn't know what to say to us, so they said nothing. During that time, we lived next door to the old parsonage, and one of our youth, he was a shy kid, his name was Skip, and I loved Skip, and he stopped by, and he just sat with us for a couple hours in our living room. He was just there for us, and it was one of the most touching and meaningful things that happened during that time for my wife and I. He showed us he cared for us. He didn't have to say a lot. But to have a shy kid in the youth group come and just sit with us was incredibly meaningful. Proverbs 27.10 says, Never abandon a friend, either yours or your father's. When disaster strikes you, you won't have to ask your brother for assistance. It's better to go to a neighbor than to a brother who lives far away. Another great uh, passage from Solomon. So, Max, and I know in your life, and I, you've probably had to rely on friends over the course of time. I mean, of course, you you know, you know, left the um, L.A. area, the Anaheim area, and moved here. I mean, you really cold turkey. You moved here with your wife. Mm-hmm. And uh, did, you, did you know anybody else here? Uh, no, not really, no. It's just, yeah, and so you left your friends. I mean, at a young age, you, you pulled out, what are you, 22 or something? Yeah, 22. Yeah, you came here and said, well, I'm going to settle down with my wife, and we're going to get involved in the church. And I mean, that's a tough thing. And yeah. I did the same thing when I was 20, 20, uh, on my 24th birthday, I moved to Vancouver, Washington, but I moved with a best friend of mine that was a youth pastor to be his pastor. So I knew him. 
Mm-hmm. But but it was still it was I'd call my parents all the time I was I was I was pretty lonely. Mm-hmm. How are you when you transitioned? I think it was good just because of of, of her uh, family, you know, made it easy, and then also just being a part of the the church as well. I I tend to make friends pretty fast, but yeah, there it was for a few months there. I was like, I don't I don't know anyone. I guess I'm just kind of hanging out in in you know our my apartment and just chilling, but. Um, I think having to plan a wedding definitely uh, helped the loneliness. Factor. At least you had a, at least she had a wife. <laughs> exactly. You know, I, I moved yeah. as a as a single guy. Yeah. And here's a kind of ironic twist, folks. You don't know this. So we were going through uh, trying to interview a couple people at the job. We had a couple really good candidates, and Max was one of them. And I had a committee of five to make that decision, so I wouldn't make it myself. And we made that decision in this studio where I'm at in the upper conference room beth schaefer the owner of the station was a part of my committee mm-hmm. and we met together and so those decisions were met and we did your interview it was up, upstairs in, upstairs yeah. in this place yeah so that's kind of ironic now it's you're in funny. here five years later yeah you're down, crazy. The, down here in the studio talking about these things but it you know it's so important for us to make uh, great decisions and i i talked about uh, in our lives, the importance of those friendships that, you know, you want people to walk into your life, not out of your life, and you need people in your life. Even after our son died, I talked about yesterday how my son was killed in a car wreck, but uh, people didn't know what to say to us, you know, and it was it was very, it was very hard. It was, uh, it was very different. But wisdom is surrounding yourself with friends. It's being a part. It's having a friend in your corner. The Bible talks about best friends, Jonathan and David. In 1 Samuel chapter 18, 1 through 4, actually the whole uh, chapter, but it just, I want to read just these verses. It says, after David had finished talking with Saul, Jonathan became one in spirit with David, and he loved him as himself. From that day, Saul kept David with him and did not let him return home to his family. And Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself. Jonathan took off the robe he was wearing and gave it to David, along with the tunic and even the sword and the bow and uh, the, and his belt. So it was very interesting. Only problem was his dad started becoming jealous of David because David would go out in the army and God kept blessing him. In fact, people would come out and they'd dance and they'd chant. And the seventh verse says, Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. And so all of a sudden, Saul was very angry. And he started having some struggles, and then he had some struggles with his son having this best friend relationship with David because he thought that wasn't helping anything, that he might be conspiring with David to take over. And I can tell you this, and jealousy is certainly something the enemy uses to destroy people. We even see it in the church, you know, Max, when somebody gets a a position or somebody is not recognized as much as they think they should be. I mean, it's like an ongoing thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, you've probably dealt with that some, and even in youth ministry with leaders and such. I don't know. You've had a lot of them over the last bunch of years. Yeah, yeah. I've been pretty fortunate to have some good ones. But yeah, stuff definitely happens. I think that that's the enemy's, like one of the enemy's biggest tool is like start to, you know, create envy and, and, you know, desire for something else. And and it will definitely drive a wedge between relationships. It happens all the time. It's real life. Yeah, absolutely. It's real life. We have to face that every day. But what do we do with those things? Well, Proverbs 17, 17 says, a friend is always loyal. A friend is always loyal. When you love somebody and they're your friend, you're going to be loyal to them. You're going to love them, and you're certainly going to forgive them. I mean, because people cross us. People say things they don't mean to. We've had friends that have hurt us by things they have said. You know, sometimes friends say things that create a wedge in relationships. 
sometimes I have said things that I, I really maybe didn't think about as much as I should have in it. And it came across wrong and someone was upset at me. I never, I never hear about it until somebody else tells me though, mm-hmm. you know? And, and so, but you know, you, we got to learn to forgive. The Bible is clear. If you cannot forgive others, the Lord says, how can I forgive you? I think one of the biggest tragedies in life is people's lack of forgiveness. I think many people do not get healed because they don't use God's wisdom to forgive others. He asks us to forgive one another. And that's not always easy. Like we have a lady in our church whose um, son-in-law threw her daughter over a cliff, murdered her. I mean, would that be easy to forgive? Oh, Absolutely my not. I mean, no, we're human. We're going <laughs> to yeah. struggle with that. And she struggled with that for years and years and years till one day she just said, you know what? I got to give that to God because I can't deal with that on my own. But I think another thing we need, another antidote we need in wisdom is this, to be honest with your friends. Sometimes we just uh, want our friends to feel good. And so we tell them all the good things. We don't, they don't know the bad things about us because we don't want them to know, you know? And, and so what happens is they look uh, at us with a glass that's uh, jaded because they don't know that we struggle like they struggle. And so it's, uh, it's something I think that, you know, honesty is very important. I'm thankful that the church, that we have people full of wisdom who gives good advice. We don't have a perfect church by any sense of imagination. We have a church that loves each other, church that's there for each other. You got a youth group that seems to love each other, but you know, this is not without probably issues. I mean, because you, you got a lot of kids, I mean, 50, 60, 70 kids. And so you probably deal with all sorts of personalities. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. As many as come under the sun, that's how many <laughs> there are. It's crazy. What's the biggest challenge working with uh, um, 60, 70 youth? Oh, biggest challenge. Uh, I think it's just when you, when you hit that kind of, um, you know, number with anything is it's like, it has to transfer from me doing everything to, um, really, you know, having good relationships with my leaders so that they can become those relationships to those kids. Because when it was 17 kids, I knew them all, you know, I yeah. would hang out with them all. I could take each one to coffee mm-hmm. and be totally good. But now as, as we've grown and stuff like that, I got to empower the leaders. I think that that's the, the tough part. Cause I'm, I love to be amongst the students, you know, like it's so much fun and all this kind of different stuff, but having these key students, I got to invest in and they're now speaking into the junior high. It's a cool thing, but it's definitely difficult. And like you said, you're dealing with a lot of different personalities that aren't my own. And so sometimes I don't always get where people are coming from. I went through that when I first came to this church, they had about, we had about 50 regular people. And so I was trying to, and so I was able to get with everybody's family, visit everybody. I, I knew everybody well. Well, and then as the church started growing, progressing, and now as the church as big as it is, I mean, there's people been there five, six years at church, but I can't even tell you their names mm-hmm. because they don't necessarily talk to me. They come and say, hi, pastor, and this and that, and I might learn their names at one time or another, but I can't remember sometimes. Mm-hmm. Everybody always says, well, pastor, you're so good with names. I am pretty good with names, but there's so many names I still don't know. I had to ask somebody the other day to do some undercover work for me. He said, this guy's been in church for years. Could you see what his first name is? Mm-hmm. And when I heard his name, I thought, wow. Man, so guess now I know one. it. <laughs> now I know it after yeah. all these years, but it's just, it, it's tough. But there are things that I am certainly not necessarily gifted at that I need God's wisdom for. My wife breathes a lot of wisdom in my life. She's a much better thinker than I am. Many times I shoot from the seat of the pants, and obviously there's consequences, you know. Uh, We need to seek advice, and I know it's going to be humbling. What's humbling, Max, is we are already out of time for this show, too. 
Oh, wow. It just goes so fast with two people. It's crazy. Folks, I hope you're enjoying Max and I's dialogue and mostly my dialogue, but <laughs> I can try to get him in there because he's going to be with me a couple more days. Hey, go out, make a difference. Thanks, Max. Thank you. Lord bless you. Have a great day. LifePoint is a ministry of the Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like a copy of today's broadcast or would like more information about the church, please call us at 208-362-1700 or write to Cloverdale Church of God, 3755 South Cloverdale Road, Boise, Idaho, 83709. You may also visit us at our website, www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thank you for listening and have a blessed day.